Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're answering pool pro questions that were sent in via Pool Nation. We get to all those questions. And I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, and our newest member, Pivot Pool Products. We're glad that you guys are on board with us. We want to thank you all for our continued support. Zach, good evening. Well, good evening, everybody. I barely recognize you guys. John's like a whole different shade. I think Edgar's got a little bit more gray. It's been a while. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, you, you haven't been on the podcast so long that you... That's how long it's been, Zach. <laughs> I know. It's been a very eventful month. It has been absolutely wild. We had the baby. We spent, I think, nine days in the hospital. Family was here helping us. As that's all going on, we officially just went straight into busy season. I mean, the weather's been super hot here and sunny, so it's just been go time. And then in the middle of it all, I somehow busted my ass at a pool and punctured my elbow, which resulted in me having to go back and get stitches. And it's just been absolutely wild, but it's nice to be back. Well, it's great to have you back. We are, by the way, we, we kind of jumped the gun and we didn't talk about the fact that we're in Studio A. So for everybody listening, I get a call from John on Friday at 1030 at night and he goes, hey, I'm coming to Texas. And I'm like, what? You're doing what? And he's like, that's it. I'm packing up. I'm coming tomorrow, Saturday. So tomorrow, Friday, we fly in, we get in at midnight. We're going out, we're house shopping on Saturday. And you know what? He got in at midnight. Well, he actually got in late. He didn't even get to bed till like three o'clock. So he's been dragging today. But we've been all day out playing in Texas, house shopping, kind of doing all the fun stuff out here for John to move out here. So uh, anyways, John, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm trying to adapt to my environment right here. For those of you that don't know or have or can't notice or things are a little different. Obviously, I'm not at home in California. I'm out here in Texas. And we are in our new studio, like Edgar was saying, Studio A. And it's a pretty sweet little area, right? We're talking about full-on equipment, top-of-the-line stuff. And I got fucking cameras and lights and shit all over my face. And it's pretty intense. But the one thing I can't 
if you guys could see Edgar, he looks like he's sitting on the Mars <laughs> rover right now doing the podcast. It's I got a picture of it, and we'll find a way to post it. it. It literally looks like he's captain of the Mars rover right now with all this equipment, and he's sitting there, and he's doing the podcast. But what I'm tripping out on right now and feels weird to me is that since we're in the, the studio together, there's a delay. So I'm watching Edgar talk, and I'm hearing him in real life, and then... Half a second later, in my ears, I'm actually hearing the voice come through. And I don't know if my brain is just too simple and can't really comprehend it very well, but it's really throwing me off. Does it not bother you, Edgar? The delay doesn't bother you? You know, because I feel like I'm on control center over here with all these screens and and my feet up, you know, I kind of feel like it's normal, I guess. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be our new home now when we come down to Texas. So that we're going to be doing our podcast here. And I think it's pretty badass. I mean, right now I'm in my, in my element in a way where I'm just kind of chilling because that's what I do at home. So I'm sitting down on a couch. I have my beautiful wife, Janie, right next to me, trying to be as quiet as a church mouse. And then we have the wonderful Leanne sitting across from me also. They're sending pictures back and forth because we're currently house shopping. And it's been quite the trip. And I want to, first of all, I want to thank Edgar and I want to thank Leanne again for having us out here on short notice. He's right. I literally called them the day before and I said, dude, I'm coming out to Texas tomorrow. And they're like, okay, let's make it happen. And they've been gracious guests or hosts like they were last time. So much appreciated, guys. Uh, we're looking forward to coming out here and we're putting, we put an offer down on a house. What? Yeah, it's happening. Right now, my wheels are spinning. If anybody, I'm not my normal self. I'm just constantly just thinking we're going over contracts and different shit and so many moving parts. But uh, I'm just super stoked to be back onto the podcast. Uh, Zach, congratulations again on the baby brother. That's awesome. Good to have you back. We missed the hell out of you. But we know it was uh, for a good reason. We just lost light right now. The reflection off my skin back to the light probably overheated it. Yeah, you know, it kind of made it so that so that you couldn't do that. And it's kind of scary. Look, I've been doing a lot of summers out where we're at because it gets really hot, right? But this year, for some reason, I have, like, soaked in the sun, and I am so tan. You are really red, by the way. You're really, really red. On the red couch and all. And having it all, right? Right. This is going to be a badass podcast. Hey, guys, let's uh, jump in here. Let's kind of get this party going. So if you guys have any questions that you want answered on the podcast or on Instagram, go to poolnation.com. There's a button there at the top that says submit questions. Press that button and submit your questions. The podcast that we're doing today is exactly that. We took all the questions that had been sent in that we hadn't been able to get to. And what we want to do is be able to get to all of those. The other thing, guys, is we've opened, guys and girls, we've opened up our merch store. So go to PoolNation.com. One of the buttons says Pool Nation Merch. You can click on there. You can take a look at the merch from there. You can purchase it from there. If you do, make sure that you tag us so that we can kind of post and reshare. The other thing that I want to talk about is we are doing a live financial business class on the 26th of June, John, and it's going to be here at the studios that we're in. They have a big conference room that we're going to be able to have. And I'm super excited about it. We have people coming from Georgia. We have people coming from California, people coming from San Antonio. We got people coming from Houston. So it is going to be very cool. Super excited to be able to do it in person. I really didn't think that we'd have that many people, guys, fly in, come over, spend the night, come over, take a class. So I was really kind of caught off guard by how many pool pros out there are wanting to come out here. So 
The other thing that I wanted to do is a shout out of the week goes to Fabi Renato. He reached out to us yesterday on Instagram page and we connected. So welcome to the Pool Nation family. Excited to have you. That's what we're here for. He submitted and asked some questions. So we helped him out there. You know, just go there, go to poolnation.com, submit those questions. That's how we're going to answer all your questions, guys. The other thing that I want to talk about is last week, well, actually the week before we released our first episode of the Pool Nation News, where we talk about the latest news, trends, and products and people in the pool industry all in less than three to five minutes. To watch the videos, you could go to poolnation.com or you could go to the poolmanuniversity.com and you could see all the videos there. We are going to be releasing episode number two on Monday. So I'm super excited about that because really what we're going to do is talk about some of the economic factors that you need to keep an eye out for in our industry. So it's really important that as the economy starts to change, guys, that you guys are paying attention to all those factors so that you can make changes to your business and make those adjustments and not get caught, like John would probably say, with your pants down, John? That would definitely be something that would come out of my mouth for sure. <laughs> there, there's there's no doubt. That's right? the PC way of saying it. That's kind of crazy. So we're super excited. Check them out and see if we can get that episode two out. It's, it's great. So take a listen to it. On Monday, we're going to be releasing it. I have the first question. And the first question that was sent in is, do you recommend pouring Cal Hypo into the skimmer during a new liner startup? That way you don't risk bleaching any liner. I can personally tell you this, that we don't really have many vinyl liners that we deal with. Rule of thumb is you shouldn't put anything down the skimmer. When you're chlorinating or adding any chemicals into the pool, first thing you should be doing is diluting it, especially if it's anything dry. They should be diluting it and then pouring it around slowly around the pool. And that's how what I would recommend that you do. You got to remember, even though however much chlorine you're putting into the pool, if you're putting a pound of Cal Hypo or you're putting two pounds or whatever, that's a lot of chlorine to be putting into that small pipe and through your system. That is going to run into your pump. It's going to go through the pump seal, right? It's going to go into your filter. It's going to go into your heater. You never want to add anything acidic, especially. We know Cal Hypo is higher in pH, but still it's highly chlorinated water. And that is corrosive, right? It'll eat through anything if it's in high enough concentration. So the proper way of adding any chemicals, especially chlorine or acid into the pool, is to dilute it and then throw it into the pool. I agree. You know, my rule of thumb has always been keep stuff out of the skimmer, kind of makes it nice and simple. You have that rule, you don't have any worries, and you know that you won't damage anything. Well, I mean, and look, the reality is this, a lot of guys and gals out there do that, right? And they all throw chems down the throat. And it's the most convenient way. But the truth is, you know, the long-term damage that'll occur, uh, or the damage that will occur is not easily seen immediately. But I promise you, you will start damaging the system. It's just something you shouldn't do, period. Same, same concept with like adding tabs into the skimmer. There's a reason why we don't do that. Same thing even with chlorinators, right? Why are chlorinators after the heater and then there's a check valve between the heater and the chlorinator? And the reason why is because when the system shuts off, and this is just a small amount of chlorine compared to a pound or two pounds of Cal Hypo that you're shoving down the throat. That little bit amount of chlorine that's inside that salt cell, when it, if there isn't a check valve, it goes back into the system, sits inside the heat exchanger, which is what? Metal. And having highly chlorinated water inside metal is not a good thing, and it's going to start to erode it. It's common practice and good practice before you 
not to put anything down the skimmer and to dilute it and put it into the pool properly. Yeah, the other thing that I did, uh, guys, is I reached out to Billy from out in Virginia because that's all he deals with is the liners. You know, he said, so there's a big debate on that. And a lot of guys that install a lot of the liners out there, they all pour Cal Hypo into the skimmers. And so what he does is he usually mixes it into a bucket with pool water. And what he does is he goes near a return and he kind of pours it right there, has a brush right next to him with a pull and a brush. And immediately after pouring it in, he just kind of brushes that and makes sure that it goes around. And so he did send me a picture today because it was one that you know, they did the startup. They poured all the Cal Hypo and you can see kind of right at one of the returns, that white line that kind of comes out from that pool. And he said, with that being said, now what he likes to do is he likes to just use liquid chlorine and then he doesn't have the worry about it, especially when he's doing the startup. Yeah, for sure. It's the same thing too. You're right. When it goes through the system, whatever return, depending on how many returns there are, that it's going to be extremely concentrated coming out of that return too. When you pour it, pour it in the deep end by a return. What we like to do is we take it and we slowly walk it around the pool. In consideration, when you're talking about 10, 15,000 gallons of water and you got a gallon worth of chlorine that you're slowly pouring around, it's like throwing pebbles at a freight train. It's not really that much. I'm opposed to just pouring it all in one spot in one area because chlorine is acid. Stuff like that is heavier than water and it usually goes to sink and goes to the bottom, right? And you'll get that same effect. So if you slowly move it around, you're not going to, you won't have any issues. And that's just the proper way of doing it. And like I said, good practice. Yeah. Zach, any thoughts on that? No, same thing. I was always told never add anything to the skimmer, always add it to the pool. And we don't do any vinyl, we don't do any fiberglass, so um, I don't really have any experience when it comes to that. I do have a fellow friend in the industry that put some Cal Hypo into a skimmer and started to walk away. And he said he just heard this very loud boom and he felt the percussion through his back oh because they have a trichlor they have a yeah and they have a, a tab feeder i don't it blew the skimmer lid off i guess and it didn't crack the skimmer or do anything there was no damage found but after that it was like okay never do that again i wonder if there was a tab in there john that's what i'm wondering no i, I don't could have been on that john that's a you said something about the tab feeder i've always been curious if you're pouring cal hypo down the skimmer and you've got a stocked tab feeder like what happens that's an explosion i've heard of people talking about that where as you're putting it through the skimmer and it's feeding and it connects it's just the tab feeder will explode i actually had somebody sent me a picture of one that had exploded um and that's probably that you know it's very common out here zach because at least in the Dallas market, it's all Cal Hypo and regular tabs. You know, and the guys, you look at the trucks and they're all carrying Cal Hypo and regular tabs. So one of those days that you're just not looking, you're distracted, you're out in La La Land and boom, you can kind of have that explosion. All right, guys, on to the next question. Can you guys give a bit of an update on the industry and what and when you think things are going to slow down? I'll jump in on this one you take a look at a lot of the economic factors that are going on. What's happening is, you know, you're starting to see everything slow down. So you have interest rates that, you know, even with John looking at houses out here, the going rate on interest rate, you know, six something, six and a quarter, something like that. We have two more rate increases coming of half of a point. So they're really looking at probably having home interest rates hit at about 9% here in the next two months. 
And so what that does is it slows down all those people that have been borrowing from those homes at such a low interest rate. So a lot of these people were able to borrow money very, very cheap. So it made sense if they had equity, they could refinance their house, they could pull the money out, get in that two, 3%, it made sense. But now when you have to borrow that same amount of money at six, 7%, what happens is that payment balloons. And so it doesn't make sense. And then the other thing that happens is as people start to hear that things are starting to slow down and you have that inflation rate so high, what people do is they start putting the brakes on everything that's going on. So that kind of, you know, becomes scary for those people that are borrowing. So I I think some of the trends that we're going to see, the other thing that we're hearing is that a lot of the the leads are starting to get soft. I I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, you know, our leads are starting to get, you know, soft. And what that means is that they're still getting leads, but they're not getting leads at that crazy, you know, rate that we were getting them. You know, one of the things that I can see transitioning and happening is people, yeah, might borrow money, but they're not going to borrow as much. So what they'll end up doing is if they do have a backyard, they might do a remodel where they're not dumping out $100,000 for a pool, but maybe $30,000. You know, I think a lot of the things that we're looking at is we're looking at things slowing down. I don't think that we're going to go into the toilet and things are going to go all the way down, but I think we're going to kind of get to where we were before, right? Things are going to almost Zach, like what we were talking, almost to like a normal. We're starting to see that products are available. A lot of warehouses are starting to have products in stock. The warehouses are filling up. You know, there's even companies that are already talking about discounting stuff. And guys, that hasn't happened in the last two years because they haven't had to. Everything that goes in just is sold. So, you know, there's still some questions about the supply chain, right? Inflation is still a little bit high. Let's see how that's going to happen. The beautiful thing that I will tell all the pool pros out there, and Zach and John, you guys can talk about this, but you know, we're in an industry that's pretty resilient. I mean, when we talk about recession-proof business, you know, the service side, we've always been very fortunate. You look back to 2002, you look back to 2008, you know, all those recessions, you look to COVID. And, you know, every recession that we have, people still need to have their pool service. People will let go of their housekeeper. They'll let go of the gardeners before they let go of the pool guy because they can't maintain their pools. So the other beauty is what happens when a pool grows green? It's a health hazard, right? Because you can't have these green pools with mosquitoes coming out and stuff like that. So a lot of places, I know California, I had a customer that you know, he called me because a helicopter flew over his house and he got a letter in the mail because his pool was green, right? So he called me up and he goes, the reason I'm calling you is a helicopter flew by and they sent me a letter and they sent it. That's what it was. And so, so the beauty of it is everybody that's in the industry on the service side, we will still maintain business. We've added pools at an incredible rate. We will still be busy. And the other thing that I have to tell you guys is that you guys need to understand that you are the heartbeat of the industry. And the reason that I say that is that, what was it, year and a half ago, John, we had somebody on the podcast, one of the manufacturers, again, we said we wouldn't share who it was, but you know, they told us that in one year, they sold 1 million variable speed pumps, 1 million. So talk about, you go back and you say, okay, so let's exaggerate and say that that year 100,000 pools were built. Let's say that you give them two pumps for every pool. You know what? Give them three pumps. That's 300,000 pumps. That means that 700,000 variable speed pumps were replaced by the service side. That tells you how strong our industry is and that reinforces 
that we are the heartbeat of the industry and we are the ones that drive a lot of the sales in the industry. So what I'd like to tell everybody is, you know, keep a look at all those economic factors, right? You can't take your eye off the prize. You really kind of have to make sure that you're looking at everything that's going on, right? You got Elon Musk saying that he wants to lay off 10% of the workforce, right? So you have to pay attention to all that, especially if you're a builder, especially if you're into renovation so that you can stay ahead of the curve. And if all of a sudden you find yourself into a situation where you see that business is slowing down and you got to make these big investments, you know, you really need to look at your numbers and you really need to make sure that you're set for that. Wow. Right. You think I fucking go on rants? Edgar yeah. nailed it. I mean, dude, I'm sitting there going, oh, I've never heard Edgar talk so much. Yeah, yeah. Nailed it, brother. I mean, look, he was just going and going and going. He's in his element right here, dude. This is it. It's Mars Rover. It's, it's, uh, on, it's, it's Mars Studio Rover. A. <laughs> dude, wow. That's great. He, he landed all the points. Uh, I got nothing to say. What do you have to say, Zach? Well, as far as the question being update on the industry, what we think things are going to slow down. It's like, at this point, I don't. I don't know anymore. Like we're just kind of rolling with the punches, but like Edgar was saying, like you're seeing a lot of inflation. You're seeing costs of everything go up. I don't know what you guys have gas up there in Dallas, but it was 4.59 a gallon here yesterday. That's insane. Like when you're thinking like, and you have a fleet, you have 10 trucks or 15 trucks and you're paying $2 a gallon, that's doubling your cost right there. That's just crazy. But I think we're just gonna kind of continue with where we're at right now maybe a little bit of increase of cost. I know we have some more price increases coming up. Maybe fuel goes up a little bit. Interest rates are going to keep going, but I don't think we're going to see too much more. And this is just my opinion and it's probably not worth much. Um, And I'm hoping as we get through the year, as far as like supply chain issues or shortages with pool products, I'm hoping that maybe when these other markets start to go in, close their pools for the winter, hopefully that will give the manufacturers a little bit of room to start kind of catching up with production and maybe we'll start seeing some more filters on the shelf or some more pumps on the shelf assuming they can get the components uh, a big deal there so but what i was going to say is like on our side over where we're at we've started to see that supplies have started to pick up they're starting to become more available as far as equipment now certain categories right like we got plenty heaters filters are available salt cells finally started becoming available but the problem is now we still can't find pumps and automation is still an issue but we have plethora of heaters and filters and shit like that and the reason why is all those POs, when everybody was panicking from like a year, two years ago that they put in, put in, put in, finally they're being delivered and we're starting to see a lot of that product there. And I think what the manufacturers are still doing is they don't have an infinite amount of resources and they put a team or they focus on this, I would imagine. And I don't know, but okay, we have a shitload of heaters that we need to build, right? So they, okay, let's focus all the troops on the heaters and let's build all these heaters and get them going. And then something has to suffer from it. And then they switch gears and go to the other thing. And I think that's kind of what they've been doing. And I've heard that finally that just POs from like a year ago, year and a half ago are finally starting to be fulfilled and they're, they're starting to hit the warehouse, which is a positive thing for us because it removes some pressure off of tons of installs and jobs and repairs that we have on the back burner because we haven't been able to get a hold of some equipment. As far as like the economy and stuff, you know, whatever goes up, what goes up must come down, right? We'd all be fools to think that we can ride this out forever and it's never going to get any worse and, or, and we're just going to continue to rise, 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 rise. 
We're going to plateau, and I think we're kind of getting to that point now where we're finally plateauing. I don't believe we're going to crash at all. What Edgar was saying was was spot on, and, you know, we've been preaching it before. Our industry is pretty much recession-proof. It's pandemic-proof. As long as you're operating a solid business, you're going to be just fine. There's plenty of pools and plenty of construction, and places are booming and things are happening. They're not at the point where it's not growing nearly as fast as it was six months ago or a year ago. Again, it's quite the ride that we're all on here. I'm just glad to be a part of it. Hey, guys, we're for those of you that are watching on our Instagram live, we are live from Dallas. John jumped on a plane last night, called me up, said, hey, I'll be there tomorrow. I'm flying in tonight at midnight and got in at 2 o'clock in the morning, got to his hotel at 3, and this morning he was out buying houses. He just kind of came out and he said, man, I'm, I'm buying houses. I'm making moves. And here we are with John just buying property in Dallas. You're right. He did. We did. We bought a house today, or at least we put an offer in, right, and see how it goes. I'm not messing around. The time is now. The time is now. We're super excited about it. Super, super excited about it. The other thing that I wanted to ask here that was sent in is they sent a question that said, Zach, from the employment side, what are some of the trends that you're seeing where you're at in Houston? So for like the last year and a half, it's been super tough. And what we were doing is like we would get a lot of applications, schedule a lot of interviews, and maybe one out of every three or four would actually show up. And then when you got someone to show up, there's a lot of entitlement. Like we owe them something. We're just meeting these people and we owe them something. They're demanding high pay. They're demanding to be on a salary, a lot of arrogance. And it wasn't the case for everyone, but that was just kind of like the theme. Now we've kind of switched to like a preliminary phone interview to try to cut back on that. But we're seeing a higher rate of people actually showing up for the in-person interviews or answering their phone for the phone interviews. And I'm seeing a shift in the quality of candidates. I don't know if this is just me or if other people are seeing this, but it seems like we're getting like better resumes. Like They have better work history. We're seeing longer time at previous jobs and things like that. And the people are having better conversations, better interviews. They're not so demanding. Uh, now, wages are still high, in my opinion. But just not people like, hey, I need, no joke, we had someone tell me they need $58,000 a year for the pool maintenance technician position, you know, and that was the kind of stuff we were getting. But it just seems like it's shifting, seems like things are kind of starting to cool off with the labor market. I'm not sure if that's true. What are you hearing, Edgar? I know you're kind of in tune with all of that. We're seeing unemployment that is still kind of steady. So jobs are being added, but they're being added kind of at about 3.6%. That's kind of a little bit in line with what they thought that it was going to be. But I think you, you take a look at that employment and a lot of businesses are always a little bit behind to react to what's going on in the market. So do I think that's going to change probably here in the next month or two? Absolutely. I think a lot of people are going to start to pay attention, especially when you have people like Elon Musk saying that he's going to lay off 10%. That shocks the market. It shocks a lot of people. So people start to become very cautious at that point. You're starting to see that a lot of people will still leave their jobs, but that's really only for if it's for more money. But what you're starting to see is you're starting to see the wage pressure starting to release. It's not as crazy as it was. It's not continuing to go up. You know, I think that's the trend. I think things will slow down a little bit, but I think what will be very interesting to keep an eye out is that you have to remember that the market has shifted and the people that are working today are a different workforce, right? Those millennials are now taking over the workforce. I think long-term, that'll be very interesting 
to kind of take a look at and see what's going on there. I want to jump into like, I know I've told you this, Edgar, in our talks, but it's kind of weird. Like everything that has gone on has been tough. It's been challenging. It's been trying. Like we've had to learn to be flexible and adapt. And we've had to work on our processes of hiring and billing and start looking at our numbers and figure out what we're charging. And I remember talking to John, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And he was telling me, you know, you need to be paying 17, 18, $19 an hour. And I thought he was absolutely crazy. And here we are, you know, fast forward, we're paying 17, 18, $19 an hour. My hope would be that as an industry, because this has always troubled me, like it's a very technical job. We all know that it's very, there's a big learning curve. Like you have to know what you're doing. You have to care about what you're doing. And it takes a long time to get all of this down. And we're paying $13 an hour. Like, how are you ever going to get someone that's going to stay, that's going to learn, that's going to grow? And that's why so many people come and they go and they start their own thing, right? So what I'm hoping is that as wages have pushed up, maybe wages will stay up and hopefully costs pull back. Hopefully feel goes down. I know it's not going to go back to what it was, but therefore kind of giving us some cushion within our profit margins while we can still maintain higher wages. And then from that point, hopefully we'll see more career employees in our industry. I agree. You know, John, I was thinking about you the other day because I was talking to somebody and and I have to give him credit because I said I wanted to steal this line from him. I was talking to Rod Sterling and we're going to have him on the podcast when they come out for the Pivot Pool products. And I wanted to do a separate podcast with him, a guy that has a lot of knowledge in the industry. And so John's always talking about the fact that we don't charge enough. The pool pros don't charge enough for the work that they do. And so his saying was, you know, one of the challenges that happens with a lot of the pool pros in the industry is that if you think about it, you can give a pool pro some duct tape, WD-40, you can give up a bobby pin and a rubber mallet, and they'll go fix a nuclear reactor. Like they could really go out there and do that. The thing that was interesting that he said is, but they won't charge the right amount of money for doing that. And it was like so spot on, John. It's the truth. And he said, one of the other things that the pool pros do, and John, you talk about it, right? You don't shop with your pocket, shop with your customer's pocket. And he said, a lot of pool pros are afraid to charge those rates because in their head, they're going, I wouldn't pay that amount of money. I wouldn't pay that much money. So they feel bad quoting those rates. But in reality, what they need to look at is how much money it costs to run their business. So anyways, that's kind of a little bit of side note, but it kind of came on as we we're talking about employees and we we're talking about wages and we we're talking about all that. And I just thought that it was a great point because it's true, Zach, a lot of the pool pros have to be very talented at a lot of different things. You have to know electricity, you have to know plumbing, you have to know how to troubleshoot heaters, you know how to change pump seals, you need to know water chemistry, you need to know all these things, right? But yet, for some reason, they feel bad when they have to charge those higher rates. So definitely a lot of skilled people in our industry. So hopefully, Zach, like what you're saying is those wages stay up a little bit higher so that you can maintain that good top talent into your industry. Guys, let's do this. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue our conversation with Zach and John. 
The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with Zach and John. We continue to answer all the Pool Pro questions out there. Let's jump into the next question. Guys, when you're looking to hire someone, what are some of the qualities that you look for in an employee? Uh, so in an employee, like a team member that, that we have on the team, I look for a good work ethic. I want someone who's going to not be afraid to go out and do the job, be out in the heat, be out in the rain, and stick with it all week long. Good attendance is huge with us. We have a fairly strict attendance policy. Um, and 
we found that the people that stick, they don't, they don't have the attendance problems. So it's been awesome. Good time management, um, willing to help with a good attitude. Like this is a big one for us is, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it's Friday, someone's running along, you get someone else, hey, do you mind swinging by and helping out with this pool on your way back because you finish up early? And everyone on our team is so willing to help out. They're so, it's so cool at the end of the day, they're unloading trucks, more guys are pulling in, everyone starts helping each other unload. You know, they're not just unloading their shit and then going and leaving right away. So that's pretty cool. Um, we look for engagement with the entire team and then just the capacity to learn the job. Like you have to be able to learn the job. So far, so good. But, you know, some people just don't have the capacity to learn the chemistry and learn all the ins and outs of that. When you're interviewing employees or potential or applicants, it's such a tough thing to do. You need to size somebody up in a short period of time and make a decision that can be either very beneficial to you or can be very detrimental to your company. Well, you're only as good as the people that work for you. And I always say that your employees are out there representing your company. That's exactly what they're doing. They're an extension of your company, of your values, of how you treat your customers, the pride that you take in the work that you do. It's a very big decision. When I'm interviewing people, and I'm just saying in general, it's not so much of whether or not they're really qualified to do the job, or I don't really look for skills as not a driving factor for my decision of hiring somebody. Character is the most important thing for me. When it comes down to like integrity, when it comes down to honesty, eye contact, demeanor, did they show up on time? Were they respectful when they spoke with you? Did you catch them in a lie? Circle, I always circle back with questions because when people are at an interview and if they give a shit, you know that they're going to be on their best behavior, right? They're going to present to you the best that they have to offer. That's step one. If they can't even do that, then that is usually a, a telltale sign to me that they're not even, if they can't take it serious enough to, to keep appointments, to show up early, to be respectful, to look respectful, right? To try to win the job, then I don't want them. If they can at least do that, that's the funding gate, right? If they can at least play that part, then what I look for is just character flaws or things that as an employer, that it's hard to change who somebody is. Not that people can't be changed, but I don't have the time to invest in somebody to not only do I have to teach them a trade or how I like to operate and do business and then help them acquire skills. But now I have to become their psychiatrist and their mom or their dad. And now I have to build this person into being a good person, right? That is too time consuming for me for the positions that you're hiring somebody for. So it's character flaws or things that I see that are positive, like upbeat personality, the willing to learn, eager, wants the job, isn't lying to you. People embellish a little bit and exaggerate. That's human nature because you always want to give off your best self a little bit, especially if you're younger. Catching people in lies is like the biggest turnoff for me. And if I feel that they're being dishonest purposely, then that is my number one trigger, my number one thing that I look for. Everything else can be taught. And it's almost better to work with somebody with a clean slate than it is with a bunch of baggage. We said this two years ago, I think on the first podcast, the hardest part about learning is unlearning. And I don't want to take the time to have somebody unlearn bad habits. I like to look for clean slates and build on a good, solid foundation based off the character and who they are as a person. Everything you just said is 
it's like a learned skill for the most part. Some people, it comes very natural, but you know, like the eye contact, the tone, the body language, all of those things, like you have to go through this process over and over and over and over and practice it. Or as Edgar and Leanne say, flex the muscle to start to pick up on these cues. And then you can start, it's the weirdest thing, but you start to differentiate. Like maybe their eye contact isn't anything bad. Maybe they're just nervous. And you start to kind of differentiate. It's a nervous thing or there's just something really off about it, but you have to go through the process. And I was having a conversation Friday with a pool pro down here and I was asking, so how do you interview? How do you hire? And they said, I put an ad on Facebook, they respond, they sit down and I hire them. And I was like, no, 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 you're not going to do that anymore. It's so uncomfortable for them, but you have to like cast that wide net. And the more you go through the process, because I'm going through it, I mean, I'm a whole different interviewer than today than I was a year or two years ago. You start to pick up on all these things that John was just talking about, and you can really start to make better choices. And you're not going to get 100%. I mean, people will get through, but you'll start to save yourself a lot of headache. You're right. I mean, look, you have to do something over and over again. And I'll tell you this, the majority of you that are doing this or that are hiring your first employee, you're, you're probably just as nervous as they are, if not more, because you don't have that experience doing those interviews. And it's okay. It's tough. It's hard. What questions do I ask and what don't I ask? Unless you're seasoned at it or you've done a lot and you've gone through so many interviews and you've seen the good and the bad and these telltale signs, my suggestion to everybody out there, especially, and, and I'm assuming, and this is for people that are experienced or not at it, but the majority of you, I believe, probably haven't gone through many, many interviews or hiring and firings. Let them do the talking. You'd be surprised what somebody will reveal about themselves. As an employer or potential employer, there's certain things that you can and you can't say, right? You can leave things kind of open. Some people will just spill the beans and just kind of let you know everything. You can't be so robotic and like, here's a sheet of paper. Okay. Da, 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 oh, da, da, da. I used to start off my interviews with, Hey, congratulations. Uh, you made it this far. You know what I mean? You've been through this process, this process or whatever, whatever. I want to thank you for taking the time and your interest for working for me. Just sitting down and I go, I just want to have a conversation with you. Just tell me how we ended up here. Start with your day to day. And let's talk about what made you decide or how you found us and why you pursued us and why we're sitting here today. You know what I mean? Just have a conversation just like that. And it helps kind of break the ice a little bit. When I start the conversation too, I'll just tell them about my day. I'll just shoot the shit about other, other things and we'll just kind of talk and not kind of get into straight specifics. And then I'll turn around and say, okay, so Billy or Shannon or whoever it is, you know, let's talk about you and why are we here? And let's, you know, forget about this for right now. I just kind of want to get to know you and who you are, what you think or what you think you could bring to the table and just let them talk. And you'll be amazed at what people will say. And then when you start hearing these things, remember them, take notes, please take notes to these things. Because when they start talking about stuff, I start to take notice of things. And then when I say about circling back and going back and asking questions, when somebody, look, my dad used to tell me this, if you don't ever have to remember anything, never lie. Because the truth, you don't have to remember it because it comes natural. The truth is the truth and you don't have to, oh shit, what did I say? But when you're embellishing or you're lying or you're bullshitting and you're coming up with a story and you're creating this fantasy or this false narrative and you're trying to impress somebody, you're saying something that isn't true, 
you will say something and then you're talking, talking and nervousness comes back in. And then you circle back and say, oh, hey, I want to talk to you about this or this is like that. And if they answer it differently or answer it, say they didn't do it, then that's an immediate red flag for me. And uh, you'll, you'll be pretty amazed at how many people you or how many bullets you dodge by doing something like that. So this is a, I think this can be a whole other conversation. And I know we've talked about it before or a whole other podcast, because this is really good information as far as like how to get into the psyche of, of an employee employer or interviewee interviewer type conversation. But hopefully that answered the question and I didn't ramble on too long. No, that's great. Hey, guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, guys, I want to get your final thoughts. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We are continuing our conversation with Zach and John. We continue to answer all the questions that are sent in from the pool pros, and we're ready for some final thoughts here. So, Zach, let me get your final thoughts. Yeah, so nice to be back, and thanks, everyone, for patience, and thanks for everyone for the kind words and things on Instagram about the baby and everything. I appreciate it, and I'm pretty sure Edgar has, like, a photo of me 
somewhere. And every time I miss, he just like scrapes in a tally mark and is just keeping count of how many episodes. I like a total creepy thing. But in all seriousness, this is good stuff. I feel like the economy is kind of like John said, plateauing a little bit. And it's nice. I feel like it's kind of, we can take a breather for a minute. Don't let up, but we can kind of get back to work. So just keep an eye on everything. Keep pushing. I feel like everyone that pushes through this and makes it through this, they're going to come out the other side much, much stronger and a much better business. I agree 100%. John, final thoughts? This is pretty cool. I, I enjoy this. I can kind of get used to doing this. I like the studio. Edgar did a phenomenal job, even more impressive than how you described it. Like I said, uh, I just it's great to have the, the crew back and know Zach. He doesn't have a poster of you doing that. He tells me the truth is he's like, I'm sick and tired of hearing John all the time, right? We need Zach on there because John's a pain in the ass and we need that balance. So it's good to have you back, brother. So excited for you and the, and the baby and it's just back. I can't wait for all of us to be together and, and be able to do this in the future. So let's go. Edgar's giving me the, it's time to finish. The beauty of it is, John, is that once you're out here, this is kind of what we're going to do on a regular basis. And I don't know if you looked over at the podcast. It was funny because normally I look at the camera and thank God we're not doing this live today because I spent more of the time looking at you talking over there than I was looking at the camera. So it has a totally different vibe to it. And uh, it's a lot more engaging. It's a lot more interesting. So I can't wait till you move out and then we're able to kind of have Zach kind of come up because Zach is not that far and kind of do all these live in the studio. Amen. I have fun editing this podcast. <laughs> we'll get it done. Anyways, I agree, guys. I love these podcasts. These are some of my favorites when we're able to answer those questions for all the pool pros out there. So anyways, I hope everybody enjoyed this one. We will catch you guys on Wednesday on our Instagram lives. Uh, John and, and me, John and Edgar will be there. We'll do another breakdown with all these questions. Love doing those. So we'll see you on Wednesday, everybody. I hope everybody has a good evening and we'll catch you on Wednesday. Have a great one, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. <laughs>